So I want to begin by asking a question. What is the greatest power on earth? Is it military power? Is it political power? A lot of conversation about AI today, technological power. Is it going to, in essence, replace the human being? Technological power. Where does it end up? Is that the greatest power? How about wealth, influence, status? Is that the greatest power on earth? I, I want to suggest to you from Scripture that the greatest power on earth is not political power, financial power, military power. It actually is prayer power. Prayer power, when we connect with God and God speaks to us and God fills us with his presence and his power. It, listen, it literally, not in heaven one day, but on the earth, moves mountains. It moves opposition. It destroys burdens. It destroys, it shifts nations. Things happen on the earth when God's people pray. Over the next six weeks, we're going to be talking about the timeless biblical practice of prayer. Jesus said in the gospel of Mark chapter 11, verse 23, he said, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, what is a mountain? A mountain is an obstacle, something that is in your path that needs to be moved. Jesus said this. He says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. So much of Christianity we relegate to heaven. We appreciate. We're going to heaven. Thank God for heaven. Those that trust Christ as their Savior. We'll spend eternity with Jesus, worshiping him, honoring him. It is going to be amazing. There is great power in heaven, but there is great power on earth in the church when you pray in the name of Christ, there's great power. What are you facing today? What obstacle are you facing? What mountain are you facing that it's just like every morning you wake up and it's right there in the path? By the way, pointing its bony finger at you. Jesus said, whatsoever you say to this mountain, whosoever, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. Shall not doubt in their heart. That whatsoever they say shall come to pass, they shall have what they say. I'm going to be teaching for six weeks about the power of prayer. I could ask. I know everyone will raise their hand. All of our locations. I, I know I could use a tune-up in prayer. Uh, I think the power of prayer, the understanding of prayer, it's amazing when you think about how often somebody can walk with God and not, don't miss this, and not utilize the power of prayer. Reminds me of a story about a little boy. Uh, his parents went to his grandparents for Thanksgiving. And uh, it was interesting. That night, they were going to bed. And Thanksgiving night, it was wonderful. And they all ate too much. It was awesome. And that night, the mom and the grandma and the little boy, they went into a room. They had a room for the little boy. And they, the mom says, honey, before we go to bed, you, you've got to say your prayers. Yes, mom, I'm going to say my prayers. He kneels down and by his bed, his mama kneels down, and grandma's just standing there as well, watching the whole thing. She couldn't get up and down. She said, he says, God bless mommy. God bless daddy. And 
God bless my sleep tonight. And then he looks up and he yells. He goes, and God, don't forget, I want a bicycle for Christmas. Amen. And so the mom goes, honey, sweetheart, you don't have to yell. God's not deaf. And he goes, I know, but grandma is. <laughs> that was called directed prayer. <clears throat> Strategic prayer. Hey, hey, maybe you feel like that. You feel like it doesn't matter how much you just kind of launch those prayers up. It just feels like there's this, this ceiling up there. It's like I, I, I say the prayer, but I don't know if it actually gets above the ceiling. You ever been there before? Maybe you're there right now. How many times have people given up on prayer because they, they, they don't know that if anybody's hearing them. By the way, prayer is it's not a monologue. It's actually a dialogue. Mono is a Latin word for one. Die means two. There's, there's two-way communication that we actually talk to God. But watch this. God wants to talk to us. I'm an extrovert personality. That means I, I love being around people. I love conversation and I love feedback. I love when people, I talk to them and I like when they talk back to me. And that's, that's part of relationship, right? We go through communication. And it's interesting when you think about it. I, I remember all the way back... When I became a, a Christian, I was discipled by some guys and, and walking with them. And, and I remember distinctly one time, I remember I was talking to them and, and I really had a question about something that was really important in my life. And they said, this guy stopped and he goes, well, let's pray about it. I'm like, why don't we just talk about it? And I remember he kept referring to, well, let's pray about it. Now, now, why do we need to pray when we can talk? And then I began to realize because God has solutions to our answers. He has, he has solutions to our problems. He, God knows things that we don't. How many times, listen, lean in. How many times are we trying to figure something out in our brain? And if we just went up and talked to God, God actually knows what to do. How many are grateful that God knows what to do? Come on. How many are grateful for that? Now, I, I know for some of you guys, highly intellectual, very cerebral, it's like, yes, I'll just figure it out. Well, then just kind of stay where you are. Because we serve the God of the universe who talks. And he wants to help you in your life. He wants to help you in your family. He wants to help you with your kids and your relationships. God, God, wants, to, God wants to help you. Perhaps you're there right now, challenged. By a situation, it's bigger than you. You need wisdom. You need to know what to do. And you've thought about it, and you've scenario planned, and you go to sleep at night, and you're thinking about bucket A, bucket B, bucket C, and you just don't know what to do. Have you tried praying about it? You know, when you think about prayer, prayer is something that's not new. It has actually been around for a long time. Prayer all the way back in the Bible, you see great men and women of prayer. You see after the Bible in the history of the church the last 2,000 years, and it's evidenced by thousands and millions of people today that enjoy the benefit of prayer. Uh, think about Abraham prayed, Moses prayed, climbed up that mountain. I mean, just talking to God, New Testament. I mean, think about all the people that prayed and cried out to God. By the way, Mary, the mother of Jesus, prayed. Peter prayed. Paul prayed. By the way, did you know somebody else prayed? Foundational to our study is understanding the importance of prayer, why we pray. Listen to this, Mark chapter 1, verse 35. This is talking about 
Jesus our Lord. And he was on the earth for three years. Listen to this. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight. He. Who is he? Who is he? Come on, say it. Jesus. This is talking about Jesus. Jesus went out and he deserted. He departed to a solitary place. And there he, come on, everybody say it, prayed. If Jesus Christ of Nazareth, when he was on the earth, listen, if he had to check in to headquarters each morning, how much more do we? And yet we get up, we get dressed, we go, we, we drag a comb across our head. And those that still have hair, you know what I'm talking about. And we go to work and we tackle the day. Did we check in with headquarters? Do you realize the wisdom that we leave on the table that could have been ours? Do you realize the strategy, the insights, business people? Do you think that God possibly may know kind of what to do? Struggling with the child. Do you think that God may know what to do? The answer is yes. That's a rhetorical question. Yes, God knows what to do. And yet if Jesus Christ in his humanity, fully God and fully man, yes, even without a sin nature, we grapple with the reality of our flesh and sin and all that stuff. If he checked into headquarters every day, how much more do we need to? Why do people not pray sometimes, Pastor? Sometimes it's because we're just not sure how to pray. God bless mommy. God bless daddy. I'm kind of finished. I don't know what else to say. Maybe you've struggled for years in a, quote, prayer life because you've just not known how to pray. Pastor, are there patterns of prayer? There are patterns of prayer. I don't believe there's one pattern of prayer. There's different types of prayer. I pray the Lord's Prayer. I, I teach out of that. And there's an extended way you can pray it, 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes. I'm going to teach a little bit throughout this series on it. But, but there's no one type of prayer, but there are different forms of prayer. There's different ways. Matter of fact, I'm going to be teaching you for six weeks about different types of prayer. So if you say, Pastor, I don't pray because I just don't know how to do it, this is the right series to come to. Number two, sometimes people don't pray because they get distracted or bored when they pray. We're going to talk about distractions. In other words, what do you bring to that secret place? Should you bring your phone or should you not? Uh, you know, you get there in prayer, you know, you're starting to connect with God and all of a sudden, you know, and, and you know, you, you, you took the ringer off, but now it's the vibrator, the vibrator is off, now it just blinks. It's like, should you leave that demon, I mean, device outside the room or not? I'll just submit that to you. We get distracted. We think, oh my gosh, I got to get eggs. We don't have them. Wait, wait, time out. I write things down. Is there, is it wisdom? We're going to talk about environments to pray. Yes, we should pray all day long in the car, but I'm talking about building a devotional moment time to pray as well. Sometimes people don't pray because we think our prayer requests are too small or too big for God. I'll never forget the time when a guy came to me and said, he said, Pastor, I've got these challenges in my life, and I just don't know what to do because I just, I'm concerned. I said, why is that? He goes, well, because I've got these problems, and I just feel like, he literally said this. He goes, I just feel like, and I understood his heart. It was actually a good heart, wrong theology, but good heart. He said, I just, I feel like I've got challenges here, but surely God has got to deal with bigger concerns, maybe around the world in India or Africa. I understood his heart, good heart. Bad theology, good heart. 
Let me just help everybody, all right? God is able to help somebody in India. At the same time, he can talk to somebody in Indiana. At the same time, he can talk to somebody wherever. In other words, God is so big, there's no problem too big, and there's no problem too small. How many of y'all got glad that God cares about where you are? How many glad for that? God cares. There's nothing too small. There's nothing too big. There's nothing too God speaks. Let me give you the fourth reason. Sometimes we're not sure our prayers are making a difference. I mean, if God is, Pastor, I hear that you say that God's in control. Why should I pray anyway? Because if he's going to do it, this is the mystery of prayer. God actually invites us into relationship with him, but not just relationship with him. Oh, this is going to blow you away. Partnership with him. It's not just relationship, but it's partnership. So, I'm going to teach you something. I developed this graph this week. I've never seen this before. I've never taught on it this way before. But as I was talking about, we're going to do a six-week series. We're going to go all the way up to the week before Christmas. And I'm going to teach you about a famous prayer in the Gospels by somebody that prayed related to the theme of Christmas. Hint, hint. That's going to be right before Christmas Eve. And I began to lay out different types of prayer. And I saw, you know, there's prayers of supplication and petition. There's intercessory prayer. There's worship. And I began to see there's actually three categories of prayer. All the types of prayer fit under three. Micro types of prayer actually fit under three big macro buckets of prayer. And so I'm going to give you this. We're going to go back to it week after week after week. And I want to give you a framework because let me tell you why this is important. Please, please lean in on this point. It's very important. Yes, I think we should talk freely with God. Yes, I think that we should pray without ceasing. But I do believe in our times of prayer, there's a value in focused prayer. And there's a value of knowing when to pray, what types of prayer. Let me give you an example. If somebody is sick... And you pray, Lord, heal them if it be thy will. Is that the right prayer there? Or did God say, lay your hands upon the sick and they shall recover? Now, sometimes people don't get well. That's God's deal. That's not ours. But is the prayer of faith the same as prayer of consecration? The prayer, if it be thy will, was prayed by Jesus in the garden. Should I, Lord, I, 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 I don't want to do this. It's painful, but I should do this. But not my will, but what everybody say, thy will be done. In other words, don't mix up the prayer of faith with the prayer of consecration. I'm going to help you clear the airwaves here. So let me, give you my, let me give you my template, and I'm going to pull it up on all the screens, all the locations. I think you guys go ahead and pull that up if you would, my graph. So I want to talk to you about three macro categories of prayer. In these macro categories of prayer are micro types of prayer. Petitionary prayer, intercessionary prayer, worship. They're all in these three buckets. Number one, everybody say upward. Upward prayer is communing with God. It's the foundation. Number two, after we go upward in our relationship with God, then we go inward. And inward or consecration prayer, this is if it be thy will prayer. It's where God is dealing with our heart and our motives. But then, but then we partner with God. It's our relationship upward. It's, watch this, we go inward and we submit our will freshly daily to God. But then we partner with God and now we see mountains moved. 
Sometimes people are praying for mountains to move, and if they would have just had a relationship with God and heard God, God was trying to say to you, that mountain, I'm trying to protect you. If it removed, you would have made a dumb choice. We need wisdom to know what do we rebuke and what do we wait upon. Boy, that was good just then. Sometimes you're rebuking something that God told you to don't rebuke. But if you are just... If your prayer time is just trying to rebuke mountains and you don't have God's perspective and you don't allow God to purify your motives, you may be rebuking the wrong thing. Everybody say upward. Everybody say inward. Everybody say outward. Okay, so we're going to be studying for the next six weeks. How many are excited about this? Y'all fired up about this? So I'm going to be teaching you the categories of prayer, three big buckets, and underneath that, I'm going to show you which one fits where. All right, here we go. Number one, let's talk about upward prayer. What does that mean? Communion with God. Communion with God. The seedbed or the starting point in our relationship with God. It's communing with God. I'm not interceding for others. I'm not praying for things for my personal needs. The foundation of my prayer life in God is communing with God. Yeah. Psalms chapter 63, verse 1, David says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and a thirsty land where there is no water. Number one, upward prayer is not intercession. Upward prayer is not petition. Upward prayer is not, it is not any of those things. Upward prayer is not consecration. Upward prayer is crying out to God for intimacy with God. I'm going to say something. This is going to be revolutionary. Many of you have never heard this before. But prayer is intimacy with the Almighty, base level one. Have you ever thought about that before? Or... Have you thought about prayers? Well, you know, I've got needs in my life. I want to bring them to God. That's important. That's petitionary prayer. We're going to talk about that. But number one, the first space in our relationship with God, the first, the starting point of prayer is where we commune with God. We don't go in. We don't go out. We go up. And we experience God's presence. David said, I seek thee, O God. My soul thirsts for you, O God. My flesh longs. For you, oh God, you ever been away, those of you that are married, maybe from your spouse, maybe working a week or two out of town, and, and, your, and your heart begins to ache for that relationship. In the same way, in the same way, often we have reduced out our relationship to God just to transaction. God is concerned about your needs. He wants to help you with your needs. He wants to use your life to pray for other people and their needs. But that is, that is not foundational. Foundational. Is intimacy with God, communion with God. The Bible says Adam and Eve, before they sinned, they, they walked in the garden in the cool of the day, and they communed with God. James chapter 4, verse 8, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. This is not about petitions. This is not about bringing your needs. This is not about praying for other people, intercessory. This is not about any of that. This is having connection and communion with Almighty God. Jeremiah 29, 13, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with your whole heart. What is Jeremiah talking about? He's talking about your inner being. 
By the way, the Lord's Prayer, how does it start? Matter of fact, we call it the Lord's Prayer. It's actually Jesus teaching the disciples how to pray. And it says, Our Father. Everyone say, Our Father. He said, Our Father, holy is thy name. What, what is he teaching those disciples to do? In the beginning, we don't go in, that's coming. We don't go out, that's coming. In the beginning, we go up. We, we look up. Our Father, our Father, holy is your name. Now, I understand how prayer begins. Prayer often begins with what I would call discipline, right? I got to pray. But if you stay in the game and you press into God, it quickly moves from discipline to delight. It moves from a place of, I got to do this too. I love to do this. Why? Because you sense God's presence. And, and your, your, your soul, our souls, all of our souls ache for relationship with God. Yes, when you trust Christ, you repent of your sin. You put your faith in Jesus and his death, burial, resurrection. You become born again and the channel is opened. But this is not just a one-time transaction. I'm saved and I never talk to God again. It's I'm saved. Now I can talk to God. Well, how often? Every day. And when you don't commune with God, when you don't, when you don't press in to just my soul thirst for God, David said. Question, are you pointing your soul in the right place? Guess what? A material thing can never meet a spiritual need. And that's why people that disconnect from their relationship with God, they try to do things and achievements and accomplishments, and they're okay, but they never meet the deepest need. David said, my soul thirsts for God. James says, draw near to God. Jesus told the disciples, start up, start up, start up, start up. So the first step in our walk with God, the first step in our prayer life, and I'm going to teach you the next six weeks how to build an effective prayer life. Pastor, do you feel like you have the best? No, but I'm a lot better than I used to be. I'm not where I once was. I'm not where I used to be, but I'm not where I want to be, and I'm growing in this. But I know this. I know this. If you want to walk with God, the beginning of your prayer time is to focus on God, not your needs and not the needs of others. Yeah. So, pastor, what types of prayer are in the what call the upward category? Prayers of worship, prayers of adoration, prayers of thanksgiving. Yeah. So when you see in the Bible... Prayers of worship. We're going to talk about that next week. Prayers of adoration. What does it mean? To, uh, it means to adore. It means we're captured by God. We, we love God for who he is. Not what he does. That's coming. But for who he is. Right? For who he is. Prayers of thanksgiving. We thank God. We love God. We are, all of that is upward prayer. Everybody say it. All that is what? Upward prayer. Or communion with God. That's foundational. Now let's go to bucket number two. Bucket number two is not communion with God, but consecration before God. I don't look within before I look up. If you look within before you look up, you're going to get scared. Because there's all kind of stuff in our heart that we don't need to see it from our own perspective. We need to see it through God's eyes. The second level, what I would call a prayer category, is inward prayer or consecration to God. What does it mean to be consecrated to God? It's dedicated to God. So Pastor Steve, are you saying each time you go to prayer in the morning time, you're getting resaved? No, but I am getting resurrendered. 
But what I'm doing is I'm saying, God, all of my dreams, all of my hopes, all of my fears, all of my insecurities, all of my wants, all of my desires, I lay them at your feet. What what are we doing here? This is not about communing with God. This is about dedicating myself to God. By the way, we're in good company with that prayer. Our Lord himself, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, I've actually been to that part of Israel. It's, if you come down the mount, it's a mountain, the Mount of Olives. Hint, they're olive trees at the base of the Mount of Olives. And you go in there, it's amazing. They're like 2,000-year-old olive trees. There. It's just incredible. And you walk around. I remember the first time going there probably 15 years ago in Israel. And I remember walking around thinking to myself, this is amazing. And knowing that there's somewhere in there our Lord actually prayed what? He prayed this prayer, watch this, of consecration. Not communion, but consecration. And here's what he said. Father, here it is. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not, everybody say it. What's the next word? Say it. My will, but what? Say it yours be done. Pastor Steve, are you saying you pray that every day? I pray it every day. What am I praying? After I commune with God and intimacy with God, now I'm ready. Watch this. I lay my agenda at the feet of Jesus. I lay my hopes. I lay my dreams. What am I doing? I'm making sure. Watch this. I'm not asking God to bless my plans. I'm not asking God to align with my will. I'm making sure that my will is aligned with God's. How many times in life is our prayer life consist of us trying to get God to bless our plans? Or we better make sure that we got God's plans. Yeah. Not what I want, God. Lord, I begin to pray God's will. Every day I do this. Every day I do this. This morning I did it. So first when I pray, I begin to worship. I begin to thank God. I look up. Everybody say, look up. I look up, I look up. I'm not praying for you. I'm not praying for anything, but I'm communing with God. But there, the, then the next step, by the way, this follows the Lord's prayer. I think Jesus probably knew something about that. So now, that's why he said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Oh, here it is. Let thy what? Kingdom come. Let thy, come on, everybody say it, will be done. Question. When was the last time You came before God and said, God, not what I want, but I pray your will be done. These hopes, these dreams, Lord, let your will be done, God. This is one of the most powerful ways that God changes and transforms us when we bring our dreams, our hopes, our pains, our insecurities, our challenges, our fears. And we lay them at the feet of Jesus. God, not what I want, but what you want. Lord, let your will be done. David prayed in Psalms 51.10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Psalms 139, Search me, O God. This is the search me, O God phase. This is, this is the, Lord, put the spotlight on me phase. This, this is, oh God, search me. By the way, I want everybody to hear what I'm about to say. I don't search my own heart I invite the Holy Spirit to search my heart. That's important. Search me, oh God. And here's what he does. When you ask God to do that, he does it. And then he begins to, then he begins to tap on your shoulder and say, I need you to adjust this. Ah, I need you to say you're sorry here. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, come back, come back. No, no, no. Come back, come back, come back. 
Quit praying for those people. I'm still dealing with your heart. No, we want to intercede and see nations change. Yeah, that's easy. Your heart's harder. Ooh, that was good. Let me just, let me tweak your heart here. Let me adjust your heart. Your attitude, your motive, your hiding. Come back out. Let me deal with something here. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Not what I want, but you, oh God. Search me, oh God. Know my heart. Try me. Try me, he says. Try me. Know my anxieties. See if there's any wicked way in me and leave me. And what does he say? God, whatever needs to get out, get it out. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. So, number one, we begin upward. Everyone say upward. Upward prayer. It's communion with God. This is prayers of worship, prayers of adoration, prayers of thanksgiving. I'm going to be teaching you guys about that next week. The power of looking up. But then you begin to invite the Holy Spirit within. You yield your will. What is this? Prayers of consecration, prayers of commitment, fresh dedication to God. Paul says we offer our bodies a living sacrifice. We're not getting resaved each day. We're getting resurrendered each day. I surrender to your will and your purpose, O oh God. By the way, petitionary prayer, listen, lean in, petitionary prayer, petition and supplication means the same thing in essence. Petitionary prayer can be for you individually. It steps into intercession when you have a request for somebody else. So part of looking inward, we get to a point where we ask the Lord for things for us. That's petitionary. It's inward prayer. But now we take another step. Everybody say upward. Everybody say inward. Okay, here we go. Now everybody say outward. This is going to help everybody. You'll know how to categorize your prayer. Yes, we should pray in the car. And yes, we should just pray, pray, Lord, help me. Yes, all that. I'm not in any way undermining pray without ceasing. I am building instruments and tools in your hand in your devotional time to pray more effectively. Outward prayer. This is called confrontation and partnership with God. Once we have a thriving connection with God, we've consecrated ourselves to God. This is when things get really exciting. Really exciting. Not that the first wasn't. It's powerful, connecting with God. But now, now God calls you as a junior partner. Just remember this. In the firm, he's always the senior partner. You're the junior partner, but you are a partner. You're not an associate. You're not in training. You're actually called into partnership with God. He's the senior partner, but you're a junior partner. Because there's things in the world, there's things in the earth that need to change. They need to shift. They need to adjust. This is where the mountains in your life, the mountains in others' lives, this is, where, this is where somebody's marriage or some kid that's a prodigal or somebody on drugs or whatever, this is where God taps us on the shoulder and says, I'm looking for somebody to partner with me to pray because I use people, watch this, to effectuate my will in the earth through the power of prayer. Oh, wow, Pastor. John Wesley said God does things in the earth the prayers of his people. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you saying that God needs me? I'm saying that God wants us to participate, that God invites us to participate. 
In the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, the Bible says, And so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue the earth. That's what he said. Subdue the earth. And have dominion. Don't miss this. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living thing that lives on the earth. Listen. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. In the beginning, guess what God did? He gave Adam and Eve dominion in the earth. What did they do? Genesis 3. When they sinned, did you know when Adam and Eve sinned, they committed high treason against God? And when they committed high treason, guess what they did? They actually, this is, they actually gave the keys to the earth over to the devil. Do you know Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, that the God of this world is actually the devil? Now, the Lord is the Lord of the earth. The devil is a creation. God is the creator. But the person that's manipulating the world's structures and systems, the Bible says, is actually the devil. What happened at the cross, Pastor? I'll tell you what happened at the cross. Don't miss this. So Adam had the keys. He gave the keys to the car over to the devil. Guess what happened at the cross? The Bible says that Jesus defeated principalities and powers. He went to death, hell, and the grave, was resurrected on the third day. Guess what he did? He gave the keys back to the church where the church in the authority of the name of Jesus Christ can now see things shift in the earth in the name of Jesus and God's will can come to pass through the church. I know this is like way out for some people, but it's actually in the Bible. I'm going to teach you about intercessory prayer. By the way, that's when Jesus said, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. Where? Come on, everybody say on. So we participate in praying God's will into the earth, not just in our hearts. There are situations out of order in the earth. Pastor, wait a minute. Time out. Time out. Do you believe that the church takes over the world? No. But I do believe the church, through the power of prayer, can influence every aspect of culture. Every aspect of culture can be influenced by the church of Jesus Christ. By the way, that's what you're part of. Yeah. That's why Mark 11, for surely I say to you, whoever says that this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes in those things, he'll say, he'll be done, whatever he says. What, what is that? It's partnership with God. You can't remove the mountain, but in partnership with God, he can. This is where in the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6, verse 13, but deliver us from the evil one. There is a third party that's entered into the human drama. And the third party is actually an antagonist. In the Greek plays, they had protagonists. An anti- He's an antagonist. He's the devil. Sometimes there are circumstances in your life that are just natural. But sometimes they're demonic in origin. And it's spiritual warfare. Paul talks about spiritual warfare. By the way, you can't defeat spiritual enemies with natural tools and means and ways. You defeat spiritual enemies with spiritual tools, spiritual weapons. I'll say that again. You can't defeat spirit, you can't defeat spiritual enemies, spiritual opposition with natural weapons. You defeat spiritual enemies with supernatural weapons. I'm going to teach you how to fight and win. And how many of y'all want to learn how to fight and win in spiritual warfare?
Pastor, what categories are under outward prayer? This is where we partner with God. Everybody say upward. Upward prayer, what is that? Communion with God, adoration, worship, thanksgiving. We look up. There's inward prayer. What is inward prayer? Consecration and dedication and personal petition. But outward prayer is where we partner with God. Watch this. We partner with God and confronting obstacles and confronting the enemy. Not in our own strength, but in the authority of Jesus Christ. Yeah. If I'm wearing a badge and I'm trying to stop traffic, I mean, I can't stop a truck coming at me. But if that truck sees the badge, it's I'm stopping that truck in the authority of the jurisdiction of the police force. In other words, when you come against the enemy, you don't come against the enemy in your own strength, but it's the badge of Jesus Christ. You belong to Christ. You've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. It's his authority. How many are grateful for the authority of Christ? So I'll close with this question is posed in the book of Ezekiel 22.30 so I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before him on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it but I found no one. God is looking for a people. He's looking for a church. What is he doing? He's looking for a church number one that is intimacy with him. Then understand this is about connection with God. Communion with God. Being strengthened in our relationship with God. He's looking for people that not only go upward, but also are willing to go inward. Search me, O oh God. Why do I keep going through the same situation over and over? Is there anything in me that I've not yielded to the will of God? But then, he's looking for a church to partner, for a Christian and for a church. He's looking for Christian people, Christian families, churches to partner with him because there's people... There's people that need prayer. There's people that need to be saved and healed and delivered. And so he's, he's looking for a church. He's looking for Christians that will have one hand holding on to God and one hand holding on to the need of humanity. God says, I'm looking for anybody to stand in the gap. Do you want to be a people that will, are willing to stand in the gap and intercede for the lost? Come on. Does anybody want to be that person? Does anybody want? I, I want us to be that church. I'm so excited. This January, I believe our prayer lives are going to go to a whole nother level. We're going to preach all the way up, all the way up to Christmas Eve on prayer. We're going to have our Christmas Eve services a week before New Year's. Then we're going to have our three nights of prepare. How many are excited about prepare and our revival meetings for three nights in January? And by the way, listen to me. Listen to me. I'm believing even during this series, we're going to stand in the gap for you. Pray for the needs that you have. Upward. Everybody say upward. Everybody say inward. Everybody say outward. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads. Maybe you do not know Christ. You're not sure about your relationship with God. I literally have one minute left. If you do not know Jesus, if you're not sure about your relationship with Jesus, I want to pray for you. I can't save you. Church of the King can't save you. I tell you, Ken, his name is Jesus. The Bible says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today that you're ready to stand before God? In just a moment, the count of three, I'm going to ask for a show of hands. Whatever location you're at, all the, prayer, the jails and the prisons and all, all over the world that people are watching, this is your moment. If you do not know Jesus, this is your moment to say yes to Christ. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. If that's you, the count of three, just lift your hand up high. One, two, three. Just hold it up high. God bless you, sir. God bless you in the back. God bless you way up top. Anybody else, Pastor? God bless you. Anybody else, Pastor Steve, pray for me. God bless you, son. God bless you way up top, ma'am. 
God bless you. God bless you as well. Yeah. Church, can we pray? God bless you, man. Can we pray with those that are trusting Christ? Come on, can we just pray right now? Say, dear Jesus. Come on, everyone. Dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past, and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Wash with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. Say this. Say, Jesus, I take my life, and I put it in your hands. Let me pray. Father, thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. Wow, what an amazing message. And I hope that God's speaking to you. I believe God's doing something in this moment. I do want to just take a second to acknowledge those of you who are making a decision to give your life to Jesus right now, or maybe to recommit your life to Christ. If that is you, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, congratulations. We're so excited for you. We believe that's the best decision you could ever make. And it's not the finish line. It's actually the starting line of an amazing life of following Jesus for the rest of your life. And our heart as a church is really to, to walk alongside you, to help you and to equip you as you're starting your new life of following Jesus. So would you do me a favor? Follow the instructions on the screen right now, or if you're watching it live, you can actually click that button. Let us know that you made that decision, and we would love to just give you some resources to help you and to really surround you with the right people. Maybe get you plugged into a small group to really help you so you can grow in your relationship with God. And again, we are so excited for you. Yes, we are celebrating with you. And I just wanna take a moment to encourage you to come back for next week in service. Get connected, stay connected in family, in church online family. Um, and so we would love to have you back next weekend because we believe that God is gonna continue to do some amazing things at, in your life as you do just that. Yeah, that's so good. Well, that kind of wraps up our time together, but we really enjoyed spending time with you here at Church Online this weekend. Don't forget, like Rebecca said, come back next week for week two of our series called Lifeline. We really believe that God has some amazing things in store. Bring someone with you, and we will see you here next weekend. Same time. Same place. See you then.